0: Thanks for joining us for another Family Life Today program brought to you Monday to Friday by Power to Change. I'm sure you'll hear something today that could give you a fresh perspective on your marriage or family situation. Be encouraged as we join Dave and Ann Wilson.
1: Okay, so you've preached a lot over the years, 30 years of preaching, but you have what you call a theology of it. Talk about that.
2: The Theology of It. You've never heard of it? Anybody ever heard of it? The no. Theology of It is, and I think everybody has this, we just don't know it. We have something that's it, mm. that if we get it, we'll be happy. Mm. I mean, you can go through a journey. I can go through my whole life. I remember when I was like six or seven years old, I begged my mom for a Stingray bike. Anybody remember Stingray bikes? I had one. It was like the most exciting thing was in it my it? life. It that's was it. It, it yes. was not it.
1: No. You get it, it and you write it for a
2: while, and then you're like, well, then. Anyway, you get through my whole life. I remember when I got to high school, I was like, if I could get a college scholarship, and I got it, and I thought it was it. And for a moment, it is. And you go through a whole thing. And, honey, I got to say, I thought at one point you were it.
1: Wait, and I'm not? What happened?
2: You're amazing. (laughs) But there's no thing or person or amount of money that can be it, but you sort of think. That's why I call it the theology of it, if I just have it then I'll be happy so here's
1: the question is there an it I think so I mean I think that's where we're going today but I think Jesus is the it and when we find him he really is the fulfiller of our soul of our story of everything and I think
2: every other search will leave us empty not saying those things are bad they're actually wonderful even you and our marriage Mm -hmm. it's awesome But it isn't the end of the well. It's like we're still searching for something. And I just brought up a word. I
1: know. That will introduce our guest today. Gretchen Sapples is with us. Gretchen, welcome to Family Life today.
3: Thank you for having me. I've been so looking forward to this.
1: We're excited to
3: have you. You're sitting over there
2: smiling. I'm guessing you have a theology of it?
3: Oh, absolutely. I mean, you're saying that, and I'm going through my mind and thinking of all the it's that have progressed over my life, all the things that I've thought if I just had that thing or, you know, was in this season of my life, I would have fulfillment and joy and finally the peace that I'm longing for. And then you get that thing and it falls apart really fast or that person that you wanted to take notice of you, they disappoint you or that thing you wanted to accomplish. Well, yeah, you've accomplished it. There's more that you need to do, right? There's the next exactly. rung on the ladder. She gets There's this
1: theology, Dave.
3: Yes, absolutely. It's infinite. It is infinite if you just keep looking and it leads us to nothing. I mean, it goes back to Ecclesiastes and Solomon preaching that it's all vanity if you yes. don't have Jesus. But when you do have Jesus, those it's in this life, they actually become something that makes us enjoy him more. Hmm. He is the well that always satisfies and never runs dry. And I've come to realize that those things, in my life, I actually can enjoy them more when my fulfillment is in Christ, when my satisfaction is in him and all that he's done for me. Well,
1: you've written a book about this, really, this kind of that it theology in a way. It's called The Well-Watered Woman. And you are the creator of Give Me Jesus Quiet Time. You're the founder of this global online women's ministry called Well-Watered Women. And a mom. Uh Uh-huh. A mom. And pregnant. Yep. All right. So you've got two boys
2: at home.
3: Yeah. Are you boys having a
2: third boy? Third girl.
1: Wow. <laughs> third one's a girl. So that's maybe, that, maybe that's it. I, I
3: think that may be it <laughs> in a lot of different ways. But really, though, I mean, coming back to that, I always dreamed of having a girl. And when mm. I found out the first time I was having a boy, I was sad. I'm going to be totally honest. I was like, God, I just thought it was going to be a girl. Then I had this boy and I fell in love with him. And then the second time around, pregnant, I'm I'm like, this is a girl. Find out it's a boy. The day I found out, I just wept. I wept. I was going, Lord, I thought this was going to be a girl. And God had to show me. He pried my fingers open that that was my it. I thought, if wow. I just have this this little girl that I've always dreamed of, mm. I'm going to have the satisfaction. And you know that theology of it, it sneaks in. It sneaks oh. in in ways that you just don't realize until something exposes it. And you realize, you know, for me, it was realizing, okay, I'm going to be a boy mom. And God exposing that I had really idolized having a girl someday. Mm. I'd really idolize that. And that um, the gifts that God is giving me, they are good gifts. Mm -hmm. And that the greatest gift of all is to know Jesus. It's not to have the things I want in this world because he knows that they're not going to satisfy. We live in a world that's broken. We walk through brokenness. And even those things that we get that we think, oh, this is it, you know, in the end, it's not.
2: I think what you're saying is important because Even knowing the theology of it, Mm -hmm. and like Ann said, I've preached it for 30 years. People in my church are like, oh, Dave's going into his theology of it again every year. Even if you know it, we still do it. Well, that's And we know Jesus is it, and yet it's like, oh, yeah, but if I get uh, five more RPMs or five more feet or a thousand more square feet, We end up still thinking, and then, like you said, something happens. We go, oh, yeah, what
1: am I doing? I think we as women can do it, especially in relationships. Like you're talking about a child or a husband or a spouse, and it is this drift. Like I knew Jesus. I had Jesus, but... I feel like when I was taking my eyes off of him, they automatically go to, and Mm -hmm. for me, it was you Dave, thinking, if you would just get your stuff together, (laughs) that was the it. If you would act like this, or if you would do this, if our marriage could look like this, then I could be happy. Mm -hmm. And it was this slow little drift, and I think that's how our walk with God can be. It's just a slow pulling away. We don't even realize it, but suddenly we're finding and looking for something else besides him. And so well, let's kind of get into this Yeah, today. I mean, because in some
2: ways, this is what well-watered woman is, right? Exactly. Explain that. What is a well-watered woman? And I'm guessing it would be the same as a well-watered man. Yes, you absolutely. Okay. Absolutely.
3: So first you have to go into what does it mean not to be a well-watered woman or right. a well-watered man? and really it's life apart from Christ living the dried up life that's seeking after the fruitless things of this world that we think will satisfy we think will give us joy and contentment and peace and all the things that are in our hearts there's this void this ache in our hearts for more and it can only be satisfied in Christ our savior and so apart from Christ we're seeking we're striving we're looking around for all these things and yet it leads to nothing it leads to vanity mm. but in Christ, when we come to know him, when we come to the end of ourselves, we find everything in him. And so the well watered woman is rooted deeply in God's word. Her identity is in her maker, not in the things that she can accomplish, but in all that he has done on the cross for her. And she can set aside this empty pursuit of striving, of trying to measure up to the standards of this world that are impossible. Hmm. They're impossible, even the standards that we place for ourselves. I mean, we see that we cannot. Christ is the one who did everything. He lived the life we couldn't live. He died the death we deserved to die in order that we could have true abundant life in him. Hmm. And so to live the well-watered life is to realize that we are nothing apart from him and that the things this world has to offer really is meaningless, but to know Christ and to drink deeply from his word and to live out the gospel in our life and for our hope to not be in the things that are in the present, but in heaven and being with our Savior, with our God forever. That's the hope that roots us and keeps us going in this world. Well, let's talk about why that doesn't happen,
1: (laughs) you know, because I'm listening like, yes, yes. And I'm sure our listeners are like, yes, yes. But it can also be hard. So hard. (laughs) I know. So let's talk about that. Even for you, you Mm -hmm. talk about having panic attack. Mm hmm on a plane like yes. take us back there because you knew Jesus at this time I did mm-hmm. so what happens that we aren't living this life that Jesus has promised us
3: Yeah even as a believer we can get caught up in this pursuit of more even the pursuit of ministry in the name of Jesus Yeah we do so many things for Jesus oh. and forget that he called us to be with him hmm. And I actually was just journaling this week because I I was having this feeling of I'm so behind. I look at my said every
1: woman on the planet. Yes.
3: Oh my goodness. You know, I've got two young kids at home. I, you know, run a, a team, a, a ministry, and a business. I'm. You're pregnant. Uh, married. I'm pregnant, and just even looking at the house, I was telling my husband, "I'm so behind. I literally can't keep up with the laundry," and that's just like one teeny tiny thing in our house, and. As I was just praying about it and kind of laying out all of these things that I was feeling behind on, I wrote down that you cannot fall behind when you are following Jesus. See, just that right
1: there. You cannot fall behind.
3: So when we are in step with him, he doesn't call us to have perfectly folded laundry every single day, to do every single thing. And, you know, in that moment, Christ might be calling me not to fold my laundry, but to spend time with my son who needs to hear the gospel who needs to have his heart encouraged and comforted. He may be calling me to bake dinner for my neighbor who just had a baby. And it's really aligning ourselves each day and going, God, what have you called me to do in this moment? And what are the things that I need to surrender and to leave undone? Mm -hmm. There's a quote just about how the Christian life is about knowing what to leave undone. And really, it is. It's, It's going, what do I leave behind, Jesus, so I can follow you faithfully today? And he doesn't leave us behind. He doesn't go, oh, you were going too slow. I cannot keep up with you. Like, you are just too slow. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I think we go too fast in this oh, world. Yeah. This is the pandemic that everybody's facing is this pandemic of hustle and hurry and keeping up. And social media is not helping that because we're connected all the time with people and what they're doing. And we lose connection with people. Our savior.
2: I watch Ann. it's really hard for her to let something drop, whether it's Mm -hmm. the kids, meals, food, you name it, I'm guessing Gretchen, you're the same way. So how do women especially and you wrote a book for women? Right. How do you put the priority right where okay, you know what? The laundry doesn't matter right now. Spending time with my son does. You know that. How do you do that? Yeah. Do you do that? Not all the time. (laughs) I want to
3: be completely honest. It's hard. It's a day by day surrender to the Lord. One of the things that I was thinking about recently is I have a very busy life and I know everybody listening, talking to you guys, we all have our own busy lives, but I was actually reading my Bible the other day and it was so hard to make myself stop. I mean, I just was like, oh, I need to do all of these other things, but I know this is important. But even after I spent that time with the Lord, I just realized this is the non-negotiable. I mean, my heart was ready for the day after just stopping and realizing that the world's going to keep spinning. God's going to keep things in motion if I am not doing constantly. He calls yeah. me to be still, and that's where he guides my steps.
1: Well, I think what can happen, too, is we can feel like I'm falling behind. And I can say this, too. I feel like I'm failing. And that can generally slip into then I'm a failure. Right. Or it then it slips into identity issues and right. you talk about these identity issues. Yeah. And you call them identity roots. I yeah. thought that was interesting. Yeah. And you talk about the rotten roots. What are those rotten identity roots that oh. we say or believe?
3: Yeah, and a lot of those come out in our theology of it. Those are exposed <laughs> whenever yeah. we start to realize, wait, I thought that was going to satisfy mm. me. And you know, our life is constant sanctification. God is constantly working, chiseling at our hearts, uprooting these rotten beliefs, you know, thinking that I have to be perfect all the time or God's going to be disappointed in me and he's going to abandon me. That's a rotten root. And going back to the panic attacks, because you mentioned that about the plane, and I know that there's somebody listening who is dealing with that. It's so common. And I had a lot of rotten roots that I was believing at that time. I felt like I had to do everything and I had to do it well. So I was a young mom, had a one-year-old, we were taking him on a mission trip overseas because I can do it. I've got (laughs) this under control. And I was uh, working constantly. We actually were about to have a foreign exchange student come live with us. I mean, we were doing it all. You were doing everything. We were doing it all. and. They were good things,
1: right? exactly. I
3: was doing ministry. My husband and I were in ministry. We were going on a mission trip. Serving Jesus. We were serving Jesus. And yet I had this rotten root of I have to do it all and I have to do it perfectly. And, you know, if it's a good thing, then that's a yes. Okay. If it's a good thing, then it's a yes. But that's a lie.
1: I'm serving Jesus and I have to do it all. Mm
3: -hmm. If I don't, what? Then it's not going to happen. Then things are going to fall apart. And that's such a lie. We begin mm. to think that we are the Savior. That if we're not doing the work, if we're not reaching out to people, if we're not writing or speaking or sharing or encouraging, then how's God going to get it done? Right? Yeah. And that can easily slip into our thinking or, you know, leading Bible study at church. If I'm not doing it, who's going to do it? If I'm not volunteering, who's going to volunteer? That's,
1: that's so interesting. I was a young mom and I was leading and started our women's ministry at our mm-hmm. church. And I really felt God was saying, I want you to take this time away, and I want you to focus on your boys. I think I think CJ had just turned 13, mm. and so our youngest was 8. And I was telling this woman, she was a mentor of mine, she came into town, and I said, I just feel like if I don't do this, it's going <laughs> to fall apart. And she looks at me and she said, wow, you <laughs> must really be something. Yeah. And I said, what do you mean? She goes, if God can't replace you, Mm. you must really be something. I was was so convicted. I mean, the next day I was like, I'm done. And it was so sweet because I remember my 8-year-old saying, Mom, so are you not doing that? And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with working moms. Like, we're all called and we're doing things that God's called us to. But I remember him saying, thank you for doing that for me. (laughs) I was like, "Wow, goodness. And so I think that's important, though, to realize, like, God's got you and God can fulfill these things, even if you're not there or Uh, doing it. And I'll just add,
2: watching and in that moment, two things. I shouldn't say the first, but I'll be honest. The first was, no, 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 don't stop. We need you. She was building an incredible women's ministry. I was watching her. I was like, you are an incredible leader of women. You had thousands of women mobilized in our church for this ministry. And then the other thought was, I can see what it's doing to our family. I can see what it's doing to you. I can see what... The boys used to say, uh, all mom does is walk around the kitchen with a phone in her hand. <laughs> they said that. And they back then it was that. a corded phone. So we wow. had, we literally got an extended cord that would go like 20 feet in our kitchen. I'm like, that's a bad sign.
3: Yeah.
2: You know, and when your kids are saying that, that and she did. The next day mm-hmm. she quit. I mean, wait, to go. you know what?
1: Nobody replaced me for a while. <laughs> yeah. Because we're all young moms. We're all busy. People are working. And so, but... I mean, it still later thrived, and God's oh, in control of that. Stuff. God didn't need us. God kept no, it going. Yes. yeah. You
3: know, I, it's it's amazing when we shift our it's mentality. It's amazing what God
1: can do without us.
3: Exactly. <laughs> and we realize he invites us in. He's not it's going, a gift. if you stop doing this, it's going to fall apart. How will those people come to know me? How will <laughs> they <laughs> But it's so easy in ministry to start thinking and just life in general that if I don't do this, this so is how, not gonna happen. how
2: did you get out of the panic attack? I mean, is that something that a decision to change the way you thought and get – Find find life, change years, that
3: years of decisions, yeah, mm. years this is not something that just and sometimes God does this miraculous work in yeah. somebody's life, and you know that just all of a sudden you know they just it clicks and they walk in freedom yeah. from addiction, from yeah. panic, from anxiety, but that's not what it was for me. It was this slow uprooting, and there were several other things that happened in my life in those coming years that it felt like things were just unraveling. All of my it's that I thought I had, you know, oh, I'm in ministry. That's my it. Like God is, God's providing. I've got this great marriage. That's my it. I have a little boy that I love. That's my it. And, you know, I'm healthy. That's my it. But then all these things started to just unravel. My health started to unravel.
1: I want to read some of these rotten roots because I think every listener will be able to relate to some or one of these. One of them is what others think of you is more important than what God thinks of you. Mm. Oh, man. Another is you have to mask your hurt with a happy face. Mm. True beauty is determined by your weight, skin color, and size. Another one is, in order to be successful, you must be constantly productive Mm -hmm. and never take a break. Yeah. I mean, I think all of us can relate to one of those at one point or another in our life. Yes. For sure.
3: And when I was writing those and pinpointing them, it was because those are all the ones that I have believed. Yeah. That's what I've struggled with. I struggled with that when I was in the throes of panic attacks, when I walked through an eating disorder. All of those rotten roots, they eventually manifest in our actions. And in the things that we are doing, our thoughts and the things that we are believing will actually change how we act, the decisions that we make. And so we want our thoughts to be rooted in God's word. We want that to be what comes out in our lives. And so it's God's grace to expose these rotten roots.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, we're going to continue this conversation. But if you had to do one application for our listeners, what would you say?
3: I would encourage them to not be afraid to expose the rotten roots. I had somebody, I remember even when I was walking through it, being so ashamed of my rotten roots that I had believed because I'm a Christian and yeah, so we had I them. I shouldn't believe these, I shouldn't be struggling with this. And I was so ashamed. It kept me from fellowship and from true freedom in Jesus. So I would encourage people not to be ashamed that mm. God already knows he already loves you in Christ Jesus, and he has set you free. But you can't be free while you're in hiding. Mm. It's in that exposure we find freedom in Christ.
1: I'm thinking of Isaiah 53, 5, which you mentioned. By his wounds, we are healed. Mm.
3: His wounding was for our healing. Yeah.
0: We want to thank Dave and Ann Wilson and their team for another edition of Family Life Today. Although our programs are produced in America... The issues facing families like forgiveness, communication and taking care of our kids transcend national borders. These issues profoundly affect relationships everywhere. In Australia, family life is known as power to change and our mission is to effectively develop godly families, the kind of families that change the world one home at a time. A key part of our mission includes strengthening marriages and families all around the world. We want to do whatever we can to bring timeless truths to the challenges you face as you seek to strengthen your family and join us in changing the world. We hope you've been encouraged by what you've heard and we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at radio at powertochange.org.au. Our website is families.powertochange.org.au where you can check out articles and many other resources on marriage and family well-being. We hope you can join us tomorrow at the same time for another Family Life Today.